people? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Sarah's two glasses of wine deep, so Jeez. you know this is going to be a good episode. <laughs> Welcome. It's episode 174. Hello, friends. We're giving you more. <laughs> oh, my God. I love drunk Sarah. <laughs> this is like... Um, Tips. Buzz Tipsy. Sarah. You know yeah. when you see that... that when you're driving on the freeway and you see that billboard that says buzzed driving is drunk driving, that's why I'm going to do another episode and wait. So Yeah, forget it. We're not... I got two more to do. I'm stuck I with you home. now. It's going to be a long day. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. Woo! It's so good to be here. We've had quite a day of hilarity and hijinks. <sighs> busy. Busy, busy. You couldn't possibly cram more into our day. <laughs> It's true. Why are we workaholics? Then again, our work consisted of Susie videotaping me hula hooping. <laughs> so it's really difficult to call that work in your classic sense. <laughs> right. In the traditional model the traditional. of work and labor, there is often, you know, di- ditches being dug Dunk. and, you know, coal <laughs> being shoveled. We're not doing that. Mm-mm. We're not curing cancer. Over We're here. millennials. We are multi hyphenates and we don't really work. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. Yay! Tune in anyway. Um, all right, let's get cooking. Let's see yes. what we're going to talk about. What's on your mind these days? Ooh. Anything got grinding your gears, as you say? Mm, what's got my gears grinding? We, we went to a restaurant where we were in San Francisco. Oh my Francisco. God, that's what my gears are going to be grinding about because my, how I made the ugh noise. Which one are you going to talk about? Are you going to talk about the dish we didn't like or the lady who was so rude? All of it. Okay, great. Let's go. Okay, so Sarah and I go to San Francisco for fun yep. and work. Yeah. And uh, Landon, her husband, said we needed to try the Progress, which is a lovely Michelin star yeah. restaurant. The, the chef, I think, has two or three Michelin stars. And we had some delicious dishes and cocktails. Mm-hmm. I even had a martini. Yeah, the best martini in the United States, as voted by Esquire magazine. Yes. The best martini in all the land, mm-hmm. allegedly. Mm-hmm. It was tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some issues. Yeah. And then I think, were there or was it us? Well, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking maybe... Are we the problem? So there was one dish that came out, and even before we had it, <laughs> it was while we were having other appetizers. Teasers. Appetizers. Sarah. Excuse me. Um, we were going, what is that smell? Mm-hmm. I said, Susie, do you smell that? And that's not something me... you want to say at a restaurant. No. I'm like, it's making me not like kind of lose my appetite. Sarah thought she was pregnant and then her sniffer was like on overdrive. Yeah, I'm like I am smelling everything. So turns like, out. Turns out it was what we ordered and <laughs> they delivered it. We took a bite and we're like, oh, this is what we're smelling. Yeah. And everything else was great. Yeah. The service was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with, with a little caveat, asterisk. <laughs> we shouldn't say, but okay. The point is, we ordered what essentially came say. to our table and was hot garbage. Yeah, they're not our sponsors. I know, we're, but I feel we bad. We were sponsoring them. I feel bad because everything, most of the food was really nice, but this one dish, man, it just right. didn't go. The worst part, though, because, mm-hmm. you know, you hit or miss at a restaurant. You never yeah, know yeah, yeah, like yeah. what the deal is, but there was this bitch... That is the right word for her. <laughs> At the table next to us. And it's one of those restaurants where the tables are like two inches apart. Mm-hmm. And she was, number one, not having it, any of it from us. And number two, uh, 
started scraping her plate with a knife and then swear before holy god mm-hmm. took her fingers mm-hmm. and <laughs> wiped the plate with them and then licked her fingers like a dog we're not at chili's people we're, and I even know. at chili's i think susie would say that's unacceptable behavior <laughs> but the scraping she was upset because when i when we first came down it was one of those uh restaurants where there's tables and then there's one row of seating that's all along a bench along a wall so everybody's kind of seating on the same bench and then the other person sits in the chair you know how they have like a two-seater two you know top table and this woman was on the bench side and i was on the bench side and i had put Susie uh, or put our purses down Susie's purse my purse my jacket and there was nobody sitting next to us at the time and then i went to the bathroom and this woman arrives and she looks at Susie and goes are these yours? And looks maintains eye contact with Susie <laughs> as she pushes them back to our side. Yeah. Rude. Yeah. I should have maintained eye contact with her the whole time I was scraping my knife on the fork or on the plate, just like she was. That's right. You should have. Because she regrets. did not understand that she was being way ruder than us just having our bags in this the place was the, that was vacant before she We got there. Hate Everyone segment. It, it, we yes. should have played the Muppet music. Let's yes. let's cue it right now. Yeah. All right. That feels better. Better late than never on the, oh, on the yeah. crappy it feels like music. Closure. And it feels not as... It feels like closure. It, it, it also lightens it up a bit. Does you know? it? I don't know. It, you got it, pretty serious. I know. And then you add the music and I'm like, okay, I'm over it. I'm so glad. I feel better. Do you feel cleansed? Yes. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Uh, did you hear about that model that died after a 12-hour fashion show? No. See, this is oh. how we know we don't really do work. Oh, my God. Did she not eat or something? No. I mean, she was under the weather. Like, she wasn't feeling great. Um, Essentially, exhaustion slash um, an infection. But... Oh, my God. She wouldn't have died if she hadn't done this crazy fashion What was she doing in the shoot? Fashion show? She was a model, and... There, the, it was one of these fashion shows that goes on forever, and she just like didn't get a break and just worked herself to death. You know, it's it's funny because modeling and uh, some of those industries there, we look at them so glamorous, and then all the models say like it is harder work than you think it is, and we kind of poo poo it. Yeah, but I think <laughs> right. when you really do look at what their schedules like, and just having to be kind of objectified and paraded around and scrutinized, so it, it, it I wouldn't want to be part of that. No, in it, I, at all. I'd rather just bitch about the restaurants we go to yes. for a living. I'd like to do that, please. <laughs> um, yeah, that and was eat, crazy. And eat hot dogs, Diet Coke, and jalapeno Doritos for lunch. Sarah had a non-nutritious lunch today. Oh, hang on a sec. Sarah had, I'm alone on this unnutritious island? <laughs> No, but they expect it from me. You're like Pretty usually sure. very behaved, well behaved, whereas yeah. I'm like... You were what? the president of that island. <laughs> I could eat my weight in cheese. Mm-hmm. And you, on the other hand, are always like, you know, doing yeah. pr- meal prep and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's true. And then I was like, all bets are off. I'm having wieners. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, Sarah asked me if she had any wiener in her teeth. 
I'm not over it. That is a great joke. Okay, wait. Did you happen to see a new line of items for the people can buy from Tiffany's called Everyday Items? Oh, no. Are they also (laughs) marked up 300%? Sarah, you're going to die. No, please stop. Please, no, please, no. Guess what it is, though. Everyday Items. Okay. Or Everyday Objects. Everyday Objects. Yes. Oh, no. Okay, this could be one of two things. This is either they've taken a regular object and put it into sterling silver. Oh, they did. Sarah's dying. Okay. She's speechless, which is terrible for a podcast. Okay. I'm, I'm showing confl- her these oh pictures. There's a ball of yarn. Stop. There's okay. a ball of yarn that's made out of metal. I assume so it's, it's sterling silver. It's like $9,000. Are you out of your GD mind? <laughs> you know that you have money, disposable income when you're like, hey, I know. Mm-hmm. I'd like to spend a couple months worth of salary for an average human being. Yeah. On a ball of yarn. A sterling silver ball of yarn. It is cute, but Here's come on. Here's the one where... This is where my, that I'm conflicted because you know how much I love the... What's my favorite phrase now? Can it. Can oh, it. yes. And there's a sterling silver tin can. A sterling silver tin can. I mean... Can it. That's only acceptable if you have a running... Like, what... Joke. Is, uh, 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 but it, guess how much that is? $1,000 <gasps> for an empty tin you can. You know what? That phrase ain't that good anyway. Just... <laughs> so here's the thing. Tiffany has this line called everyday... for Christ's sake. Oh, she's yelling. Okay, uh, everyday objects that they've turned into luxury goods just by calling them that and by marking them, you know, thousands of dollars uh, price tag. And... Oh, okay. my God. China paper cup. It's a paper fucking cup. $95. Wow. Are you kidding me? Are you? I'm so upset. <laughs> I'm all about the new thing of like having a non-disposable straw. You know how I had my straw in my purse? Yes, yeah, Sarah, okay. Sarah carries around a metal straw in her purse. And then like it, when she goes to Starbucks, don't make that face at me. <laughs> she is so excited to whip that thing out and be like, I don't need a straw. And she own. wants everyone to be like, Oh, Sarah, I also want you to know that every straw that was ever created is still on the planet. Uh oh. That's a lot because straws don't break down. They're a material that doesn't break down a lot. So every straw that has ever been made is still somewhere on the planet. That's that makes you think. <laughs> it makes me think. What is the ratio of people to straws? It could I be like five with to you. one, and I'm I, okay with that. I agree with you, <laughs> but it is funny how excited you are to that get that true. thing out of your. Do you wash it ever? Of course I do. When? With a little brush, a special brush. There's like a, a that comes with it, and you. It's a bottle brush. Yeah. Wonder where that's going to be in the landfill. That bottle brush that you bought specially for your no, it came in the straw. set. Thank you very much. Did it? Yes. And you know what? This everyday object that's a sterling sterling silver crazy straw for two hundred and fifty GD dollars. That better come with a fucking cleaning brush too. Oh my god! I wonder if it. Does. I didn't see the Few crazy details. straw. That's that is crazy. Sterling silver crazy straw. The only thing crazy about that is the goddamn price. Whoa! What? I'm going to get you that. Crazy I'm going to get you that. To be honest. You're going to love it. it. And if it doesn't come with a cleaner. All right. I okay. mean, these are things that, that are hilarious and that people buy online because they have too much money, evidently. But if you're like us and love a bargain, 
then we found the perfect app for you. It's I'm called, so excited. Uh, Sarah's super into this. It's like the opposite of how she feels about everything else it we've is talked about today. It is absolutely the opposite. It's called Honey, and it's basically a browser extension for your desktop um, for Chrome, Firefox, or Safari that when you're shopping, if you're online shopping, which I do all the time, it will find the best discount code for you, whatever you're buying, which is incredible. Amazing. And it takes literally two clicks to join. And if you're on Amazon, you it does price tracking. So it shows you the trends of that item's pricing so you can decide the best time to buy it. And it lets you add items to your drop list. So when prices drop, Honey will tell you it's cheaper now. And if the same item is available at another retailer for less, Honey tells you. Calculates all the costs, including tax, price, shipping, and your Amazon Prime discount, and it'll tell you like, "Yo, you should get it elsewhere." Is this an app? I this okay. is an app. So I need to get this, this second. It's for yeah. It's a desktop app though, so it's for okay, your computer. On your laptop. Yeah. Oh my god, this is everything I ever wanted from a. She's everything. so into I'm it. I'm so into it. To get this amazing and free desktop app to start saving money, go to join honey dot com slash brain candy in two clicks you'll have access to over one million working coupon codes they do all of the work for you again that's joinhoney.com slash brain candy and try it out because it's free and easy and who doesn't live to i love that you know have a free way to save some dough you know how they say time is money if yeah. I were to add up how much time I've spent searching the internet for coupon codes, yeah. it would probably be more right. than That's I've what I'm ever saying. saved on coupons. Right. And I, I used it the other day and it was like, you want you probably want to add this to your drop list because it's been cheaper at another time and you can yes. get it cheaper. And I was like, yeah, man, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm downloading it now. Thank you. You're welcome to all of you. Yes. Um, okay. There, I read this article about how the in the fashion industry how modesty is now super chic did uh, you read it no but i have been watching this season of project one way you guys don't know this but i'm doing big arms right now because i'm real excited <laughs> so my hands are like real excited yeah and one of the women in the final is a modest clothing designer really she is fantastic I just want to show you a picture of her so you see how cute she is. Right. Isn't she adorable? So cute. And very so beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And she is a Muslim woman from Salt Lake City. And she says that she really wanted to represent her religion on the show. And she wanted to re- represent a group, a category. I'm totally hijacking your story here. A group I'm of women that. that never. Shout out to Project Runway. They made this season, they made all the models different sizes. So it ranges from plus size all the way down to, you know, your average model size. And all the designers had to create clothes for real women. And she also created clothes for real women, which don't always adhere to what you see in fashion magazines. There is a big group, a large group of women who prefer modest clothes and there's Nobody, no designers or few designers who make that and also even fewer who get the spotlight for being such amazing designers. And she is one of them. Her name's Ayana. I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but it's I-F-E. Okay. How would you pronounce that? Ife? 
Oh, Ethan. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Okay. But Ayana is her first name. She's so well, nice. Well, she's probably so going to have much success because um, what I was reading about in this article was that um, women, well, the fashion houses are starting to do super, almost dowdy clothing uh-huh. and extremely modest and um, basically not flattering pieces like in terms of length and, and also like it doesn't show the shape of your body and things like that. And it was talking about how these types of things happen um, in response to cultural shifts, right? Mm-hmm. And so first of all, you have the political component where often um, pe- people feel, some women feel like they're being oppressed right now because of the administration that's you know currently in office. And that the response is to, it's almost like creating an armor for your body. Yes, and absolutely. And then also you have at this moment people like the Kardashians who are so exposed and people on television, including us, who just like give themselves up freely. Yes. Oh my and gosh. so it's a natural cultural reaction to be the opposite of that where since Everybody shows everything and free the nipple and no secrets and give your, we love our curves and show it off. The response then and what becomes shocking is to be completely covered. It is all yes, a circle. It, it really and then is. It's, I'm trying to look for the woman who, who's credited for this, this quote, but there's some famous feminist who said, we always give with one hand and take with the other. Mm-hmm. And in, she uses it in uh, line with like the feminist position and how when it looks like we're giving a lot with one hand, we're like, oh, yes, feminist, like, oh, you know. Freedom. Freedom. Da, da, da. We're at the same time sexually abusing them and, you know, objectifying them. And there's this, I think, in women we're seeing is this, we want to even the scales and we want to say, oh yeah, you want to do that? Well, guess what? We're going to all cover up now. And we really feel like we're exactly what you're saying. We're objectified and we're too exposed. And now we're going to pendulum swings of the other direction just as far. The article points it out how oftentimes this style of dress has traditionally been associated with oppression, Right. So religious oppression is almost what it reminds me of. Yeah. Like a lot of religions limit the things that women are able to wear and the amount of skin they're able to show. And they, uh, regulate that through wardrobe. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, politically different, uh, movements have occurred where women are limited in what they can wear, but how strange it is that in this case, Modesty is being used as a liberator because it's like a way of shielding yourself from this sort of whatever oppression you see in the outside world. And it's almost like the opposite of Handmaid's Tale garb where you're like covering up to set yourself free and not to feel like pressure to be a certain size or... Yeah. I don't know. It's a a strange uh, shift. I wonder if... I wonder if the individuals who look at women who choose to wear hijabs or wear headscarves, anything like that, and almost look at them and go, oh, you are so oppressed or whatever word you want to use. And then also follow, if those women would follow these fashion trends Mm -hmm. and go with the more conservative and how they would, 
if they would be able to see that reflected back in their dress. Mm-hmm. If it, when it looks religious, when it looks like, you know, you can take a headscarf and like this woman does on Project Runway. Mm-hmm. If you were to take a very traditional headscarf and dress her in an all black outfit, I would label that as, oh, that's a religious get up and that woman is oppressed. But when I see this woman's work and she's wearing beautiful headscarves and these amazing gowns that are gorgeous and make the models just look stunning. It doesn't feel like, even though they're both modest clothing with the same amount of skin showing, mm-hmm. one I label as religious and oppressive, you know, oppression through religion almost. And the other one I just label as a different form of beauty and a different uh, expression of femininity. Mm-hmm. And why is it with like the colors or, you know, you change one thing about it and... Well, if the one thing you're changing is who's telling you to wear it. Oh, thank you. There you go. <laughs> then I think we cracked the case. That, on that we one. did. Who's designing it? Who's... Yeah. I feel it, it's interesting that I had read about how um, anthropology had become a very popular retailer for Mormon women who... They have very specific rules about how much of their body can be mm-hmm. uh, shown. Mm-hmm. And they wear underwear underneath that covers a certain amount Mm -hmm. and so your real clothes have to cover up that underwear which is quite long sleeved and also goes you know down to your knee whatever and that anthropology's clothing tended to be very accommodating to those limitations and i was like dang i had never noticed that about anthropology's work you know it's funny because i shop there and i think it's a, a store that offers me a ton of creative Options. Options, yeah. because things will tie different. You can layer it or not layer it. There'll yeah. be cute overalls that you can wear with a crop top or, or with a long sleeve. Yeah. Like, and it'll be two... You, my mom shops there and I shop there and we leave wearing to- like looking like two totally different people. That is so interesting mm-hmm. to me. And they, they do not sponsor this show, but yeah. I welcome them too. <laughs> me too. I freaking love them. <laughs> um, and their candles are always great. <laughs> But you know what else helps me look great? What helps you look great? Bioclarity. Well, that's where you start. That should be step one of the beauty <laughs> right. routine. Because I am not covering up my face. No. And so because of that, I need to have a product that helps me have clear skin. And I have found it, as you know. Mm-hmm. I love Bioclarity. And I want you guys to try it because it's soothing ingredients that are effective in clearing my skin. And I want you guys to use our code so that you can get the bargain at bioclarity.com. You can get your first month of this three-step acne wash for $9.95 plus free shipping. And that's a $20 savings. And you have to go to bioclarity.com, but you have to use our code, which is brain candy, to get that deal. And you guys know I'm a believer, and I want you to try it. Love it. it. It's so great. Yeah. I put it on this morning, and I was like, it's a two-step process. Look at that. Oh, you do two steps. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Treatment. Which well, one's your I do favorite? The treatment. Um, well, I mean, I do all three, but, you know, cleanser, it's almost like I, it, oh, I have to. Oh, I see I, what you're I, saying. So it's like the two. Bonus. Yeah, the two. Cleanser, I mean, I got to wash my face. So I look at it almost as like a two-step because everybody's got to wash their face. But then I got the fourth step, which oh, is the, the foaming no, and the got, mousse. It's, it's a smoothie. It. It's so great. Yeah, that's real nice. Um, Treat yourself, Sarah. Yeah, so I knew that uh, that time of the month was coming up, so I pre-treated with step two to not get any of those monthly visitors on my face. 
That is great. That is great news. Love it. Monthly visitors on your face. Sit. Like they're aliens. Yeah. I know. It's just funny. <laughs> You're like, sit, Susie. Yeah, sit. <laughs> I read this really cool article that you would not necessarily think was going to be cool. It was in the Atlantic, and it was about the airline cocktail napkin. What? So it... I don't know if it was meant to be humorous necessarily or just sort of like an interesting take, but it was about how, have you ever tried to, in the same way that you're doing that thing with your straw, Uh where you're like, I don't want to waste and I don't need that Uh cocktail napkin. Uh This uh, uh, journalist said, have you ever tried to turn down the cocktail napkin? It's almost impossible. Because the, the the flight attendants are, so, it's like a routine. You know, they have very specific routine. And when you say like, I do not want that cocktail napkin, it's almost like they cannot accept what they're hearing. Does not compute. <laughs> it is a great article. And I tweeted at him. I'm like, this is a, a literary masterpiece because it's well-written, of course. Uh-huh. It's very humorous, but it's it also made me think. Yes. Because he was saying like, on airlines, they have gotten rid of everything. All the freebies are basically gone. But for some reason, they're holding on to this idea that everyone needs a cocktail napkin. And so then he like debunks every reason that you might need it. So at a bar, you get it so that there's no condensation ring. Mm -hmm. But like these trays are plastic. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, there's no real need to eliminate three drops of water on your tray. Plus there's that, um, like you don't need it to prevent friction because there's typically that divot in, is that the right word? Yeah. In the tray that. Or like recessed area. Yeah. Where the cup was supposed to go. And so that's not necessary. And then let's say you spill, Mm -hmm. you're going to need way more than that. And that thing ain't soaking up anything. That's like throwing a sponge into the ocean. And I thought that was hilarious because it totally is. Have you ever tried to clean up a spill with one? Mm -hmm. It's redonkulous. Mm -hmm. And so I thought. Maybe you could try this. This seems like something you could get on board with, Sarah. I am so not on board with that. <laughs> and here's why. Why? You on love cocktail napkins? every nap- flight, I have to ask for more napkins. Why? Are you spilling? No. I always have a f- stuffy nose. And I always use the cup co- because there's something about being up in the air where that cocktail napkin has never once been used for my cocktail and 100% of the time been used to blow my nose. May I suggest a handkerchief? I know. I need to get just like a pack of tissues that I bring with me. I feel like I never have a runny nose unless I'm at 35,000 feet, in which case it's like a faucet and I need to be paging the call button. I'm like, can you bring me some Are more you tissues? kidding me? I absolutely asked them for additional napkins. And the thing is, is I've asked for tissues and they bring me the fucking co- cocktail napkins. So I think they're looking to get rid of those. <laughs> So many. That's why they didn't know what to do. They're like, we're up to here with these things. Take them, take them. <laughs> That's crazy. Or what if it, at 35,000, at that, you know how they do it, live at 35,000? Oh, we live know. Live at 35. That was like <laughs> when the beat drops, everybody's supposed to throw it up like they do in clubs in Vegas and in Miami and stuff. So that's like they're handing out extra on those flights. Sarah so they keeps go, doing the make it rain hand gesture. Oh, yeah, you guys can't see that. But I'm making so many paper towels and cocktail napkins right down on you guys. I thought, because you know how the way it is now with online articles, it feels like there's been a take on everything, a hot take. (sighs) And I felt like when I was about to read this, I was like, okay, now I've seen it all. There is an actual article in the Atlantic about cocktail napkins on 
airplanes. And yet I read it and was totally intrigued and appreciated that someone had thought so thoughtfully wrote about something because that's essentially what I would do when I would do stand up is like, you're looking down at your cocktail knife and be like, okay, what's funny about this? Right. It's like Jerry Seinfeld comedy. Like, yes. Um, I'm really glad I let you finish without cutting you off on what my idea of why the, what the cocktail napkin story would be about, because I thought you were going to go in the direction of how airlines look to shave off money any way yes. that they can. And I thought you were going to say something like the napkin's 10% smaller and they've saved billions because they've made it. That you know, is they such do a those good, little things. Yeah. And you, the little cuts that I'm thinking that maybe 10 years ago, it was more comfortable to blow your nose with those things than it is now. <laughs> it's funny that you're saying that because the person that tweeted the link that made me read, sorry, made me read the article was her saying, I need them to blow my nose, but to each his own. And I was like, oh, who is blowing their nose in their cocktail mm. napkin? So far, everybody that you've talked to about this article. <laughs> Two people. <laughs> 100%. Please write in. No, don't. I regret it every time when I'm like, what do you guys think? And they're like, we agree with Sarah. <laughs> oh, that is, thanks for bringing that up. That's great. And I will look at those different. And I, you know what? Mm-hmm. There's nothing I love more than testing things in, in real life, IRL. Oh I cannot God. wait IRL. to ask a flight attendant or tell a flight yeah, attendant. Yeah, would no, you thanks. ask? I'm good. No, I'll tell him next time just to, to you know, make a point. It's kind of like how when I get in airplanes and I'm in the middle seat and there's a guy on either side of me and he claims the armrest. It doesn't matter if I want the armrest or I don't want the armrest. The rest of the flight is then a quest for me to claim both armrests. I think it's funny that our whole podcast has now become about like how we hate flying. <laughs> we should never go on vacation. I stay home since. was in the middle seat on our way to San Francisco and had a war over <gasps> it. And I, guess what? I took pictures and I won. I took pictures of mine! Stop! This is the best! I made win? him give up. Is it a man thing? Yes, it is. And I think it comes... It, it's more about us wanting to fight... The patriarchy than the elbow. <laughs> I text Adam and I said, I got a man spreader. Oh my God. I next took a to picture me. because I knew we would talk, eventually talk about this. That, I hate it. It was also on my flight to, up to San Francisco. How does this dickhead in the window seat feel okay taking my two inches of real For estate? For real. Right? And I'm doing the crosser puzzle and I know I don't need the full, but I spread out like... You know what's crazy? We really could just play the Muppet crabby music at the beginning of of the show because it applies to everything we talk about. I know. I hate everyone. Mm, Should we rename our show? I hate everyone. (laughs) Except Susie. That is the truth. Mm. Do you want to talk about... <laughs> mobile homes oh. or a child genius. <gasps> oh, I got to go mobile homes. I did not think you were going to say that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was just reading about how um, mobile homes. So in theory, these used to be like starter homes yeah. where if you couldn't afford a home, but you didn't want to rent, yeah. you could buy a mobile home and then like hopefully transition into like the real deal. But then there was a shift where you used to buy the home, but you also owned your lot. Yes. 
now they're owned by these fat cat <laughs> mobile home landowners mm-hmm. who basically prevent people from leaving and that people end up being stuck in these what end up being money pits because they can charge like 300 400 bucks a month for these plots of land and that amount of money is what they would normally be like stashing away to hopefully get a house one day mm. and so they end up stuck in these dumps that my mother-in-law was in was the same situation okay where she Well, almost like she was, she lost out on the opportunity for that perfect situation. Right. She, we got, she was all set up with her mobile home and we owned the land to it, owned the everything to it. And she decided, you know what? I want to move in with my boyfriend. And so she moved in. And now when we try, they want to move out of the house because they're like, we want to downsize. We want to sell the house and they want to move into another mobile home park. Can't afford it now. No. She went from owning her own space and in a matter of five years this is what I mean. was priced out of the mobile home park because well, she let it go. Despite the name, mobile homes are not very mobile. No. It's very mobile. difficult to, if you wanted to take your home, like if some fat cat came in and was like, yo, you owe me 400 bucks a month and you were like, fuck you, I'm out of here with my mobile home. Right. You, oh. You kind of like can't leave because it's very expensive to move. Yes. And so... You're stuck. Yeah. I know it's bad news bears around here. I'm surprised you never lived in a mobile home. No, my mom's all about living in like artsy. She'd rather be... Commune lady. Like me, I'm surprised you've never lived in a... I would like move into... You know what? How have you never lived in a commune? I'm shocked too. You should ask your mom. Why we didn't just... Hippy dippy, like you know what I think it was is that she was in the film industry and that's what kept her on like the you know more normie path. Like if she stayed, (laughs) she originally was in a traveling theater group called Indian Magic. Jesus, your family with the Indian stuff. Oh my God, you're what you did I ever tell you the story about? You don't even. I have never told you this. Have you finished a sentence? Nope, not at all. (laughs) So. In one of my classes, we had to do a history of our family and talk about, Mm. you know, some generations past and interesting stories of our families. And I've never researched my dad's side of the family. Mm -hmm. So I asked my little brother, who has done extensive research on my dad's side of the family, hey, you know, is there any, can you point me in the direction of anything? He said, yeah, go to www.thericeboys.com. I was like, what? Okay. And I believe it was 1902 around that time, uh, the Rice family was one of the they were an early family in, no, it must have been way older than that, but they were an early family in the United States. And then two boys were kidnapped by Indians, Native Americans, and <laughs> they were taken. They were five rice boys in this family, and two of them were kidnapped by Indian Native Americans. Oh, my God. Oh I'm my the worst. God. I'm the worst. And, um, the worst. It's only because that's, like, the story, how it's, like, told in the family. Uh, and then, so... The whole family, the rest of the family went out searching for them. And for two years, they searched for these boys. And finally, they found them. And when they found them, the boys said, now we don't want to go back with you. They had already been indoctrinated into the Native American culture. And not only that, but one of them became a prominent shaman in the, I I have to remember. Are you trying to tell me these? No, I'm not. You could, what, what? I didn't even let you finish. I was already (laughs) saying no. Are these (laughs) your relatives? Yes. My relative was 
I, and I have to look up the, but you guys can visit it. Go to thericeboys.com and you can check this out. There's a plaque in to commemorate the the kidnapping and everything and how these boys, and there's a plaque that's still in on the East Coast. I can't remember what town it is, but it says the whole story of Are the kidnapping. Are you part Native American? Like by marriage. <laughs> I guess that was sort of That's me. not yeah. true, though. Yeah. Because then they would have babies. Well, yeah. I mean, but so my they're... relatives some down the line are, I don't even know what you call it. Like well, Native American Indians. by association. <laughs> I know what you don't call yeah, it. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah, you know. So maybe that's where uh, all this Indian stuff comes from. Right? Stop saying I know. that. Native American. Now it's just sex. funny. Yeah. Now it's like. Wowie. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So. Oh, yeah, because we were talking about the Indian magic. I see where we went with this. You went. <laughs> anyway, Sarah, what are you getting Landon for Christmas? Well, so far, the only thing I got on my list is that, you know, headphone cord wrapper organizer thing that you told me. In. And it's I got to get more than that. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, to protect your earbuds. What do you well, got? I have an idea. Um, this is the perfect gift for the guy in your life. It is from Harry's, and it's these beautiful razor gift sets. And it makes a really wonderful gift because every guy's shaving something. Oh, you know true. what I mean? You manscaping or you shaving or you <laughs> got some beard you need to take care of? Or- and it's something that like men don't really think to buy for themselves. Yeah. So do oh, them a favor. Some of them favor. have that one that's been sitting there for a million years. Gross yeah. me out. It makes, uh, Harry's makes amazing quality products at reasonable prices and the guy in your life will love that you can personalize it. You can choose a color. You can get a custom gift set that meets his needs. You can engrave whatever. Ooh, yes. Engraved? Right. Okay. Now that classes it up a little bit. Yeah. And now Landon's really going to like that in his stocking. This holiday, Harry's is offering custom and limited edition shaving sets that make perfect gifts. Their gift sets are built with your guy in mind. So you can get a five-blade cartridges, foaming shave gel, limited edition winter chrome and emerald green handles, and personalize it with the engraving. And as a special offer, Harry's is giving $5 off your order when you go to harrys.com slash braincandy. It's only available for the holidays. So this holiday, give Harry's and give Handsome. Get your holiday shopping done early and take advantage of free shipping. To get a limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last, go to harrys.com slash brain candy right now. That's harrys.com slash brain candy. You're welcome, Landon. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? I love that you don't uh, have anything. Four rice me. boys captured like by... Oh, no. Oh, not no. this and again. They call it Stop Native it, Americans. Sarah. In 1704, I was off by 200 years. But they decided to stay. Look, there's the article. I'll put it in our newsletter. Oh, people will be super excited. <laughs> hey, my teacher said it was a great story. Your teacher. She wrote it on my paper. Wow, really interesting. Underline, underline. I read a really interesting story about a child genius. And... um. I thought it was interesting because oftentimes on 60 Minutes or those type of shows, they feature kids that are prodigies, you yes. know, and, and we celebrate that because it's so special and you think, what could they accomplish? They could change the world. And this story was interesting because she was also featured on one of those shows when she was little. This child was reading at nine months old. Whoa. 
reading. I'm not saying talking. I told Sarah yesterday, oh, my kid didn't even, or reading? my kid didn't even roll over until he was nine months old. I've then shared that story with three other people <laughs> who have all shared a laugh because they think it's adorable. Yeah. He's special, but, um, she was literally reading what? books at nine months old. She's exceptional. Wow. And, um, she's in the 99.9 percentile, of course. Just say she's the smartest way. IQ. And she's now an, an adult. And this journalist, I'll put the article in the oh. newsletter, which you can sign up for at thebraincandypodcast.com, wanted to see, you know, sort of what happened to her life because there was not really... What well, does happen to child geniuses? Well, I think usually the sort of like trajectory is that they find their little niche and what really mm. gets their motor running and then they dive in and that's what they study and they make they they're like doogie hauser you know yeah. they get an md at 13 and then they like that's their life forever yeah. so in her case she couldn't accept specialization and so she did all those things where you go to college super young and you... Like as far as her education was concerned, so she didn't want... Okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, she was not interested She's in... like, don't put me in a box. She was like, I want to learn about everything Oops. and I... That's a real smart girl. Yeah, but Wait, the why problem... why is she badass bitch through history? Well, badass bitch is through, through history. history. Her name is Prom- Promethea Olympia Crezerine Pathamethea or something Whoa. like that. Yes. She's Greek. But she lived in America and in Montana, and she, her story is particularly bizarre because as she was going through the sort of motions of education, and like I said, she didn't want to specialize, she got a lot of attention, and this Greek uh, billionaire decided he wanted to sort of be her, what's that word? Pa- sponsor. Not the opposite of patron. No, it is patron. Patron. Yeah, patron. Yeah. Pa- he like, wanted to be her patron. back her yeah. genius. Yeah, so he wanted to bankroll her education, yeah. but he put limitations on it. It was like, I, you, you have to go to an Ivy League school. You can't go to the... She wanted to go in Montana. That's where she lived. Mm-hmm. And she that. had a... She's still down to earth, it seems like. It was, though, there's some, some uh. people who think her mother was too overbearing and like... Oh, she wanted to keep She grew up in poverty... Her mom was like working the night shift and that... And she was reading? She was... This is an exceptional woman. That's the thing. It's like because she didn't grow up in sort of this privileged situation, there were some mistakes that were made. And so they took this guy's money for a while while she was getting an education, but then it started to get weird and he started to get demanding. And so they like cut him off Mm -hmm. and then he became a stalker. (gasps) Oh! Oh and my God, he, this is a great story. It's Suze. crazy. And so he started talking her, came to... How old is he? Older. He referred to himself as like granddaddy okay. in Greek uh, or whatever. Okay. <laughs> Creeper. Oh. He came to the, her house, shot her <gasps> mother in oh front my, of her. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm dying. So, so I did, what, why did you do this to me? You should, I did, did I undersell it? I was, yes. <laughs> Oh my fucking god! He shot her mom, left her to die, then drove to the entrance of like their ranch in Montana, so that the ambulance couldn't get through to help the mom. The mom survived, thank God. But 
This oh woman was left to, she had to testify at the trial and is now sort of like, she tutors people and stuff. But <gasps> he, oh, I'm extra mad at this motherfucker now. He stole her drive, like, or I don't want to say stole it, but somehow threw off that track. You yeah. Know, that train sri- switched rails. Yeah. Because he selfishly wanted to dictate. Oh what her life looks like. She could have been, she she probably is. You have no idea what this woman could have done. Yeah. But then you think, okay, let's say you're born gifted. And I had read this separate article about how in, in many ways being gifted has similar uh, problems as being born special Mm -hmm. needs. Yes, it does. Because people almost don't know what to do with you, including the education system. And so you get isolated and then in her case, she was with her mom all the time and it really kind of screwed her up. Mm -hmm. And so then you think, well, maybe why can't she just choose to live a quiet life in Montana? Why is it that just because she's a genius, it's required that she be Mm change in science and making all these discoveries? Why can't she just tutor kids and... I don't know, oh. but it, her life. You know was what this ruined. reminds me of is the movie that I want to say. <clears throat> what, Jenny Slate was in it, and she's the teacher, and I think it's called Genius or something. Yes, yes. Did yeah. you see it? No, it it's, rings a bell. Though yeah. people have been talking about it's it. It's fantastic. You should definitely because it's it. the same idea yes. of like, what do you do with this person? And it's about a. My God, I get goosebumps because this is really real. So it's about um, a genius woman. This woman who is going to is on the on track to win a Nobel Prize or or um, finish a unfinished mathematical problem that would be like one of the you know keys to the, how the world works and universe works. And she is severely depressed. And like, and she has a child and then I think she ends up killing herself and the child then becomes, uh, goes to the child then goes to her brother, uh, you know, this woman's brother who killed herself, the uncle becomes the, you know, parental guard, whatever. And you find out he's like working some odd, you know, regular job and you think he's some idiot too, or just some like, you know, white collar worker or blue yeah. collar, whatever the blue, blue collar. collar worker. Sure. And then you find out he's also a genius and he just wants the little girl to have a normal life. And the daughter is beyond genius. Like if you thought the mom was smart, this little girl is a genius and mm-hmm. really could. And she has a grandmother who really wants her to just give it all up and be an academic and wants her to go, you know, put her in college right now. And she should only be doing this and studying all the time. And the grandmother fights for custody of the daughter and says that this, the son isn't really giving her the life that she needs. And then you find out it's so freaking good, but it is this, it is what I think happens in a lot of situations where. When you fall outside of the normal range, then on either end, yes, then the world sort of doesn't know what to do with you. And if you don't, it's kind of like child stars. This sounds yes. crazy to make the correlation, but the the way that if you have yes. a good foundation, a family who's supportive, your parents love each other, whatever, yeah. 
then you'll probably turn out okay. But if you have the situation where you're in the limelight and your Mm -hmm. mom steals all your money and whatever, then that's the too many too many cabinets, whatever you call it, cabins full on the Titanic, and so that makes it Uh sink. Absolutely. Oh my God, that is something that could be considered a talent or a gift. Which is kind of a weird term, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Like, extreme intelligence is called a gift, mm-hmm. but gifts are usually good, and, and, and this isn't necessarily, because if, you're, yeah. if you don't have the resources to handle it... It almost feels like one person... The gift is not to that person. The gift is to... Everyone else. Everyone else. All time. Uh-huh. And yeah, because you it. see... you don't... Like, even on, like, oh, Ellen and shows God. like that, they trot out these little kids and are like, tell us where Bolivia is. And then they, uh-huh. like, make the kid point to it on a map and stuff. Also, that's just memorization, and anybody can do that. And if you teach your children the memory palace at a young age, you, too, can have them doing all that. So right. get ready to see that for my kid. Oh. <laughs> you are going to be the most annoying. Oh, the most. But I'm also going to encourage creativity and all that, but I'm going to, like, you know. I am going to ruin your child. I know. They're going to have so many loud toys. It's like, ugh. No, no, no. More than that. (laughs) I'm going to corrupt your child. And when they're like, I have a great idea. Let's do this. And I'm like, that's stupid. (laughs) She's going to be like, here's some McDonald's. Because everybody needs the voice in their life who's like, you're not that great. Zip it. I can ne- it. I never had that voice, and that it was a problem. <laughs> and now look at me. So there, I raise. <laughs> I don't even me. bother raising my hand in class because you know I'm like, Sarah? just call. Just I got it. <laughs> you are great, though, so it's okay. Well, thanks. I mean, you—they weren't wrong. Well, and the positive influence that you could have on my child would be fantastic. Get ready to be a godparent. I'm just saying. Did you guys leave us a five star review yet? I certainly hope so. And subscribe for Christ's sake. What's a guy gotta do? And we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>